Well, I told you before, you're here on the right Sunday. We're kicking off a brand new series, a four-week series called At The Movies. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. Before we jump into that, let me look at the cameras in the back of the room. I want to say a great big hello to our extended church family. So if you are new here, you need to know that we're one church in two locations. We've got our church family in the South Metro Atlanta area. That's all y'all in this room. And then 700 miles north of here in Germantown, Maryland, which is just on the north uh, metro side of the greater Washington, D.C. area, is our Germantown campus. So we welcome you today. And then typically we welcome all of our online viewers, but because we're doing at the movies, copyright laws won't allow us to live stream. But one tradition that we do keep intact is we always give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women who are protecting our borders and serving. Come on, can we bless them? And while you're doing that, can we welcome our Germantown campus as well? Come on, let them hear you all the way from the south. I love it. Uh, we are doing at the movies, but I want to give you one save the date. You heard this in the video announcements a moment ago. Yesterday, we began 21 days of prayer. We do this two times a year as a church family. In January, we kick off the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then September, we do 21 days of prayer. Uh, I'm encouraging all of you to participate in some way, shape, or form. If you're interested in corporate prayer, we're going to meet at 6 a.m. at both campuses. Uh, for those of you here at the South Metro campus, right here in this auditorium, 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. And then at Germantown, you're going to go to the office space in Clarksburg. You all know about that. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. And then every Saturday during the 21 days of prayer, we'll meet for corporate prayer, worship, devotion at 8.30 a.m. So just jump in with us. Whatever your schedule allows, we're just believing that God is going to meet whatever need you have. As a matter of fact, anybody got a prayer request that only God can meet? Come on. Yeah, so we've seen hands like that all weekend long. And so join us for 21 days of prayer. Let's watch God move supernaturally. I'm thrilled about this series. It really is one of the most anticipated series of the year for us. But the style is a little different. So for those of you that grew up in church or you're familiar with church, this might be a little bit of a stretch for you in order to kind of fall into a comfort zone because the approach and the style is unique but I think the approach is very similar to how I believe Jesus would have taught when he walked on the earth. And here's why. And let me encourage you to take lots of notes today, okay? Jesus taught in parables. He taught in parables. A parable is a simple story that's used to illustrate a spiritual lesson. And Jesus knew because Jesus was a prototype. There had never been anybody like Jesus before. He knew that as he taught biblical truth as he taught scripture that it would be hard for so many people to process and understand because they had never heard something like this preached before and so he used parables so for example he knew that a farmer could understand an illustration about farming about seed time and harvest and reaping and sowing and so Jesus used parables these simple stories to bring scripture to life because the truth of the gospel is what sets us free. As a matter of fact, let me give you three reasons that Jesus used parables or three reasons that he used short stories. Number one is this. He knew that parables were easy for people to understand. It's like I just told you. He knew that if he could use a story, then it could capture the attention and the mind and the heart of those that were listening. And they could process it. That They could, they could comprehend what he was trying to say. He also taught in parables because he knew that parables were easy to remember. I have preached thousands of sermons in my ministry lifetime, and I've come to the conclusion that most of you can't remember one of them. And that's okay. As a matter of fact, my own wife can't remember many of them. But you remember a really good story. You remember when something captures your attention, your mind or your heart, or an emotional tug is manipulated there. And Jesus knew that. He knew if he could use stories, people could understand them and people could also remember them. And then here's the third reason that Jesus taught in parables is because parables nudge the heart of the listener. And so there's a different level for every single one of us about our readiness to hear the gospel. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew not everybody was ready to receive the gospel. So parables just nudge them to begin to be ready to receive. Let me show you the verses uh, that back up what I'm trying to say. In the 13th chapter of Matthew, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's talking to a group of believers. And this is what he says. He says, you all have been given insight into God's kingdom. 
He says, you, you already know how all, of this, how all of this works. But he goes on and he says, but not, not everybody has this gift. Not, not everybody has this particular insight because it hasn't been given to them yet. Watch what he says in verse number 12. He says, whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and the understandings, they flow freely. Let me explain it like this. If you walked into either one of our campuses at any of our gatherings today and you had a heart ready for this, then the worship would have flowed easily. The, the prayer time would have flowed easily. The receptiveness of this message would flow easily. He says, but if there is no readiness, if there is no trace of receptivity, then all of that kind of soon disappears. And then here it is, verse 13, he says this. This is why I tell stories. He says, this is why I teach in parables, to create readiness and to nudge the people towards receptive insight. And the last part of this verse says it like this. He says, in their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. He says, when they walk in and they're not ready, they, they, can, they can listen until they're blue in the face. And I think there are some people that they come to church and, and they feel that way. Like, man, is this guy ever going to stop talking? You know, I ran into one family in the lobby between one of our three gatherings. And they said, this is my family and my son's already in the car. I was like, yeah, I know. My wife's already in the car too, you know. But the point is, is that when you come with a heart that's not ready, then you, you can stare and you can listen and still not get it. And so Jesus says, so I teach in parables, I teach in stories to get their heart ready. Does that make sense? And that, that's what At The Movies aims to do. We're going to take some of Blockbuster's biggest movies. We're going to take clips from some of the biggest films, and we're going to use these clips to tell the greatest story ever told. And it's this story. This is the greatest story ever told. Somebody with faith, give me a good amen right there. So, so no matter what level... You're on the spiritual spectrum. I pray that this series would nudge your heart to be receptive. So I'm going to give you all four weeks that we're going to do. You'll see all four movies. Today we're going to talk about wonder. Next Sunday we're going to use the movie Hidden Figures. And I plan to tackle the topic of racism. Come on now. Week number three, shout out to every mom in the room, both campuses. You are the real wonder woman. Come on now. I'm telling you. That's week number three. And then we're ending at the movies on what we're calling Sunday Fun Day. Uh, that's the last Sunday of this month. It's week number four. Sunday Fun Day is the best day to invite friends and family. It's our version of Friends and Family Day. The whole theme for that day is you've got a friend in me. That's cute. Oh, that's good. So we'll do a whole Toy Story theme. So if you've got kids or grandkids that, that you, you know they need to hear the gospel presented to them, if you just know some children that need Jesus, maybe you saw some kids at Chick-fil-A Playground, you thought, man, that kid needs the Lord. Bring them. That's the perfect day to bring them. So Toy Story, it's going to be a great, a great series. Today, though, is the movie Wonder. Show of hands, both campuses, who has seen this movie? Let me see your hand if you've seen the movie. Both campuses are our hands down. Who has not seen the movie? Let me see. Oh, well, I'm going to ruin it for you. But you did have about two years to watch it, so this ain't my fault. I'm going to show you the majority of the movie today in terms of a variety of clips. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful story, an inspiring true story about a kid named August Pullman, or Augie for short. When Augie was born, he was born with a rare facial deformity that was so severe, he had to have 27 surgeries, life-altering surgeries, in order to help him breathe, to see, and to hear. And because of the facial deformity that, that Augie has, uh, his parents decided to, to keep him home for school. So they homeschooled him until he got to about the fifth grade. And they felt like at that point, Augie needed some, uh, some, some, some social experiences, that he needed to kind of be put into the real world. And I'm sure that for, for most parents, that, that's a hard conversation, especially for somebody going into middle school, because middle school is a tough season in itself. As a matter of fact, if you're a parent and you have middle schoolers, we have extra long prayer for you after every gathering. Come on now. We'll lay hands on you. And for a few dollars, we'll lay hands on your kids too. Come on. I'm <laughs> just kidding. That's a joke. It's a tough season to go into middle school, but they decide let's put Augie into school and... 
what Augie realizes and what his parents realize is that there is a world that isn't quite prepared to meet someone like Augie Pullman. I want you to check out this first clip. Sit back, enjoy week number one of At The Movies with Wonder. I know I'm not an ordinary 10-year-old kid. I mean, I do ordinary things. Eat ice cream, ride my bike. I'm really good at playing sports. Well, on my Xbox. I love Minecraft, science, dressing up for Halloween. I love the lightsaber fight with my dad and watch Star Wars movies with him and drive my big sister crazy and dream about being in outer space, just like any ordinary kid. I just don't look ordinary when I'm doing these things. Not even my birth was ordinary. It was hilarious. Now, how can a birth be hilarious, you ask? A teenage doctor helps. This is my first day. Nate. A massive video camera also aids the situation. But to really be funny, you need what all the best jokes have. A punchline. He's coming! surgery since then. They've helped me to breathe, to see, to hear without a hearing aid, and some even helped me look a bit better. But none of them have made me look ordinary. He said he doesn't want to go. But he's ready. No, he's not ready. I cannot homeschool him forever. Every year that we wait, it'll just be harder to start. This is the first year of middle school for everyone. He will not be the only new kid. Okay, well, he's going to be the only new kid that looks like him. But will you stop blowing tells for just one second and please listen? It's like leading a lamb to the slaughter, and you know it. I know I'll never just be an ordinary kid. Ordinary kids don't make other kids run away from playgrounds. Ordinary kids don't get stared at wherever they go. But it's okay if you want to stare, too. My name is Augie Pullman. Next week, I start fifth grade. And since I've never been to real school before, I'm pretty much totally and completely petrified. you a question, and the question is rhetorical here, but how, how would someone describe you? I don't know if you've ever asked that question before, if, if maybe you said, hey, what do you think of me? Or when you think of me, what, what comes to your mind, the, the first few thoughts that come to your mind? I mean, you know, some people may start with like physical uh, attributes or maybe some uh, personality stuff, but maybe they would say, you know, well, I think you're really tall or you're vertically challenged. Uh, maybe they would say, you know, I, I think you're really skinny or 
you're extra blessed. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, maybe they would say things like, well, you got blonde hair or red hair or brunette hair or, you know, if, if you're a lady, you get to choose your hair color. Come on. You know, maybe they would say you're artistic or musical or athletic or whatever. Maybe they would say, hey, you're beautiful, you're ugly. Maybe they would look at your nationality and say, well, you're white or you're black, you're Latino, you're Asian, you're Indian. Come on, shout out to my father-in-law, you know, or, or wherever, wherever your nationality is from. He, he, here's, here's the challenge, though, is that everything I just said is a label. And people always tend to put labels on us, don't they? And there, there's a problem with labels. And here's the problem. Think about this. Labels tell us what someone else has said about you, but labels don't tell us what God says about you. See, labels tell us what people may think about you, but labels don't tell us what, what God thinks about you. And I don't know, maybe when you saw the movie, whether it was for the first time you saw it or today when you saw the first clip and Augie takes off his astronaut helmet and you see him, maybe immediately you started to put labels on him. And here, here's the challenge with that. Like Augie, so many of us, we were born into circumstances that are completely out of our control. And so here's some good news. If you came in today discouraged, I want to give you some good news. While whatever it is you're facing or whatever it is that Augie is facing seems to be out of our control, it is never out of God's control. Come on, give me a good amen right there. And here's even, here's even better news. God never makes a mistake. God didn't make a mistake with Augie. God didn't make a mistake with JC. And God did not make a mistake with you. Come on now. And here's one thing that you'll hear a lot around here because we believe it. And when we read scripture, the Bible backs it up. Every single one of us, we were all made on purpose and we were made for a purpose. And what the world does and what the enemy does will try to attach labels to us to keep us from fulfilling that purpose and that destiny. This is the primary objective of the enemy is to get you to think less of yourself and to not be able to see yourself the way that God sees you. And you and I, that's not fair. At least for me, so often I get focused on the outside and then you got to realize, man, God does not look at the outside. God looks at the heart. Let me show you the verse, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 uh, this particular moment is happening when Samuel was looking to anoint the next king of Israel. So Samuel goes to the home of Jesse and says to Jesse, can you present to me your sons? Well, Jesse presents to Samuel the sons that he thinks carry the particular characteristics that would identify them as king. Are you with me? Just nod at me. But he leaves one of them out. And the Lord said to Samuel, with every passing son that Jesse said, what about this one? What about this one? And the Lord said, don't consider his appearance. Don't consider his height, for I have rejected him. He, here's the point that I'm trying to make. Every one of those sons seemed qualified. They looked the part. They were strong and they were big. But watch this. The Bible says that the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, both campuses. Let's read this last phrase together on the count of three. One, two, three. But the Lord looks at the heart. That's really good news. The Lord looks at the heart. What is the condition of your heart? What is the condition of your heart? And all throughout the Bible, and, and if you've read the Bible, you've already determined this to be true. If you're new to faith, I'm going to give you a homework assignment to begin to read Scripture and see if what I'm about to say is valid or not. When I read the Bible from cover to cover, I read about a God who handpicks individuals that the rest of the world considers to be a misfit and an outcast. Every story, every miracle, every supernatural moment was done by people that stuttered or they had emotional problems. Come on, read the book of Psalm. David is an emotional mess. I got to take Dramamine when I read the book of Psalms to keep up with the emotion of the psalmist David. Because God doesn't pick people. Let me say it like this. 
We think that God only calls the people that are qualified. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. Come on now. And when God's hand is upon you, it doesn't matter your skills, your talents, your abilities, your gifting. God has given you everything that you need in order to accomplish the destiny that he's put on the inside of you. I know it's 1225 on Sunday, September the 8th, but I'm preaching better than you're helping me right now. And I've done this three times today. Come on. So stop, stop staring in the mirror and being disappointed at what looks back at you. God says, yeah, work on the outside because this is your temple. But get the heart right. Get the heart right. And when your heart is right, God can do incredible things in you and through you. So let me issue in a, a challenge here. And clip number one of this movie, I'm going to give you a challenge. What if we started to see people the way that Christ sees people? What if we stopped putting labels on people based on what we see? What if we started to encourage people the way that God wants us to encourage people? And here's the big one. What if you and I, if we loved people the way that God loves us? And I'm telling you right now, what this world needs is love. And not a superficial love, not a social media kind of love. I'm talking about God's love, genuine love to see past our frailties and our issues, to see past our propensities towards doing wrong, to see people the way that God sees them because we are all his sons and his daughters. Come on, just help me out and put your hands together right there. Come on. All right. So that's the issue. You ready? We got to move on. I got a few more clips. Check out clip number two of this incredible movie called Wonder. Hey, Jack, come sit here. In a sec. Where's he going? Hey, thanks for your help today. No problem. And don't worry, I got a couple wrong, so Miss Potosa wouldn't know. I'm not worried. The worst they can do is kick me out. Not loving school either, huh? Oh, it's great. I wanted to go to Way Middle, one of the great sports teams. Then why'd you come here? They gave me the scholarship. Well, if you need help in science, you can come to my house after school. You know, if you want. Great, thanks. What's wrong? I just don't like eating in front of people. What do you mean? It's a long story, but when I eat, I think I chew like some prehistoric swamp turtle. No joke. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> now there's tuna in your face. Yeah, tuna man. No, no, no. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> Dude, that's even more gross. this year. I like Halloween, but Christmas is still the best holiday. No way. Halloween is the best. A pillowcase of candy versus two weeks off school. You're nuts. <laughs> you see? Even your dog agrees. Hey, Mom, is it okay if Jack comes over? Yes! <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. B. I mean, you get snow on Christmas. But you can get snow on Halloween. It feels wow. like... If you live in Alaska, where they have to live? I've got to be cool. Fall is here, here they are. Back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Have you ever thought about having plastic surgery? No, I've never thought about it. Why? Dude, this is after plastic surgery. It takes a lot of work to look this good. We don't notice any time pass. One, two, three, four. I declare fun more. Bow, kiss, begin. Sit side by side in every class. Teacher thinks that I sound funny, but she likes the way you sing. Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed when silly thoughts go through my head. 
drugs and alphabet when I wake tomorrow better you and me walk together again fire I can I am totally that dad, by the way. Come on, that's the truth. You know, when I watch that clip, it just amazes me the power of friendship. When you, get, when you get people in your life that believe in you, when you surround yourself with people that encourage you, it just lifts your spirits, doesn't it? I mean, come on, when, when we're alone, we kind of sulk in our self-pity, but when we get people around us that that they see in us what sometimes we can't see in ourself, it just does something to our heart. And I could preach that if I had a few minutes, but there's more to the movie I want you to see because now at this point in the movie, things are really beginning to progress. So, so Augie is starting to make some new friendships. Obviously, you see that friendship with Jack Will and how that's progressing. And now he's just a few days away from his favorite holiday, which is Halloween. Now, let me pause right here and tell you, I'm not going to take the time to get into a theological debate about Halloween and if you and your family should participate, you know, in Halloween festivities. That's between you, your family, and God. But Augie loves Halloween for a very obvious reason, and it's simple. On Halloween, he gets to dress up and blend in. On Halloween, he gets to put on a mask. He gets to wear a costume and nobody can see him for who he really is. And this is a big deal for Augie and for someone like Augie because the kids are mean to him. They're so mean that, that they think if they get near him and, and even if they touch him that his deformity is somehow contagious. So Halloween to Augie is a big deal that he gets to put on a mask, blend in. Nobody knows anything about him. He just is who he is. And the truth is this, and I, I don't know what you're you know, your thinking is about Halloween, whether you're for it or against it, but I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd probably put some money to say, you and I wear masks too. <laughs> whether it's Halloween or not, we're putting on some costumes, especially on Sunday. As we walk into an auditorium like this and, and people ask how we're doing, oh, I'm great, I'm, I'm fine, everything's good. When when underneath the mask, behind the costume, there's real pain, there's real hurt, there's real emotion, there's a real struggle, there's, there's a real storm, but, but here's, here's what we've done. We've gotten really good at covering up the real us. We've almost become like a professional at presenting a false version of who we really are, hoping that people will accept the fake version of us. Can I, can I just preach for just a second? If people can't accept me for me, come on now. If people can't accept me for all of my issues and all of my stuff, they're not the types of friends that I want anyway. Come on, are you with me? Somebody say amen right there. I want some people that I can surround myself with, that I can just be me around. I'm tired of pretending. And let me tell you, when you continue to pretend you to be someone that you're not, it's exhausting. And it's overwhelming. And for Augie, Halloween's the greatest day of his life. He loves it because he finally gets to pretend to be normal. But this Halloween didn't turn out like he anticipated it to be. And I'm going to tell you something. If you keep faking and you keep fronting, the end of that is painful as well. At some point, I don't know who I'm talking to at what campus, but at some point you have to open up your heart and say, you know what? I don't have it all together. Can I tell you something? I don't come to this church because I'm perfect. I come to this church because I got problems. And I come to this church because I know one who is perfect. And it's Jesus that can take all of my brokenness and put me back together. Come on. All right. Check out this next clip and see how Halloween turns out for Augie. Mom, Daisy ruined my Boba Fett costume. What? Where have you been? It's very late. She threw up over it. Okay, well, you just have to wear your costume from last year. But I told Jack I was going as Boba Fett, not Ghostface. Well, tomorrow is Halloween, and all the shops are closed, and my artistic hands are busy making meatloaf, so you do the math. Fine! Do you need some help, Mom? What? Some help. Oh, um, yes, thank you. Uh, mince that rosemary, please. Where did you say you were? 
I, uh, I went to Coney Island. How about you stay home from school tomorrow? Hmm? It's Halloween. We can make it a three-day weekend. Spend some time together. Yeah, yeah, that would be really nice. Peppers, do you, I don't want peppers. Peppers give daddy gas. <laughs> I don't care what Jack Will says about Christmas. I was looking in the light. Hey, For me, Halloween is the best holiday in the world. It's so awesome. When I'm wearing a costume, I usually walk with my head down to avoid being seen. But on Halloween, I walk with my head up high. He did the mash. It got on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. I don't even know who that was. He didn't even know who I was. It's so cool, especially because people don't like to touch me. Because they think I'm contagious. Oh yeah, Chewie, up high. Boom goes the dynamite. They did the mash. They did the monster like him. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. yeah. He's always reminded me of like a shrunken head, you know? Oh, or an orc. <laughs> if I looked like him, I'd swear. I'd put a hood over my face. <laughs> if I look like him, I think I'd kill myself. Why do you hang out with him so much, Jack? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Touchman asked me to be his welcome buddy, and now he just follows me around everywhere. Well, welcome that must buddy. stink. That must stink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, just You know, as you can imagine, Augie's little heart has to be crushed. I mean, the, the one time he finally makes a friend, and now that friend seemingly turns on him. So you'll see in the next clip, Augie runs home. He, he's devastated. But Augie wasn't the only one dealing with a bad day. I'll come back to this in just a moment, but I'll, I want to make a statement here. Because a lot of times whenever I have a bad day, whenever I'm going through something, I, I tend to throw myself my own pity party, and I forget that other people have problems too. And sometimes I, I think that I'm the only one that's going through whatever it is, or I'm the only one that's got the issue, I'm the only one that is in the middle of something, and, and that, that's just not true. And so Augie, Augie's got his own stuff, but, but he's not the only one. And I want to make this statement to you, and I don't want this to be offensive, but, but you might be going through some things as well, but so is the person sitting right next to you. And I'll, I'll show you at the close of the movie how all of that ties together. But Augie goes home, and then his sister comes into the room. So his sister, Via, she's got her own mess. She's got her own, she's in high school. That's a whole other level of drama right there, by the way. And she's lost her best friend, and so she walks into the room. And, and in this moment, and you'll see it in the clip, and I really highly doubt that the writers anticipated for this moment to be incredibly spiritual. But when I watch it, it just jumps out at me because it's such a pure definition of the purpose of Christianity. And it really does exemplify, like, why we exist as a church because she realizes that her brother is hurting. She also recognizes that she's got her own stuff. And then she comes to this moment where she says, you're hurting, but so am I. And that's what she does. That's it. She says, you've got, you've got stuff, but so do I. And then it's the very last line of this clip that I really want you to lean into. Because she says, right now, you and I, we are best friends. And I want you to see this vulnerable moment and just kind of consider what a moment like this would mean if you just said, hey, you got stuff, but I got stuff. But right now, me and you, we're going to make it to the other side because we're in this together. Check out this next clip of Wonder. Nate, do you know where his helmet is? He's asking for it, and I've looked everywhere. I don't know. Something at school he won't say, he won't come out of his room, and now he says he doesn't even want to go trick-or-treating. I know. Okay. Thank you. Just get here.
Mun, get ready. It's almost time for the Halloween parade. You're supposed to knock. Go away! Mom says you won't say what happened. Did someone say something? Someone always says something! Well, tell me what happened. It's none of your business! You took my day with Mom, so it is my business. I heard Jack Wolf talking about me behind my back. He said he'd kill himself if he looked like me. Jack Will? Isn't he the nice one? There are no nice ones! I wish I'd never gone to school in the first place. But you were liking school. I know you are. I hate it, okay? I hate it! Augie, I'm sorry, but you're not the only one who has bad days. Bad days? Do people avoid touching you? When a person accidentally touches you, do they call it the plague? No. Jack Wool is all I had. Just don't compare your bad days at school to mine, okay? Okay. Hey. Did you notice that Miranda doesn't come around anymore? What? You didn't. Shocker. Yeah. She went away to camp this summer, and now she doesn't like me anymore. And people change. So if you want to be a normal kid, Augie, then those are the rules. So let's go trick-or-treating, OK? Because right now, we're each other's best friends. Really? Yes. So come on. I'll let you have all my Halloween candy. To me, I think one of the most impactful things that you can do and I can do when we know somebody that's hurting and we're sitting across from them is to say, I know you're hurting, but so am I. What Via did is she, she lived out Romans chapter 12, verse number 15. The Bible says this, rejoice with those who rejoice, but mourn with those who mourn. Well, I mean, come on, Let, let's just be vulnerable today for a few more minutes here and, and then you'll, you'll get home and you'll get to watch your favorite football team lose, okay? So we'll just <laughs> jump into that. Um, can you imagine sitting across from somebody and saying, you know what, I, I know you're having a rough day. I'm having a rough day too. I, I know your marriage is not as healthy as it needs to be. I, I've been there as well. I know you just lost a family member, but I, I've lost a family member as well. I, I know the diagnosis isn't what you hope to hear, but I've also gotten a bad report. But, but right now, we're each other's best friend. We're each other's support system. And, and when things are worth being celebrated, I'm going to be right there rejoicing with you. But when you cry, hit, lean on me. When you're not strong. Is that in the Bible? It should be. We don't do that, do we? But when we get vulnerable, we say, hey, this is, church, listen to me. This is why we do small groups. It's the very reason. We don't have small groups because we don't think you're busy. We know you're busy. But I want you to hear me. You don't have to do life alone. So many people choose to do life alone. Doing life alone or being lonely is a choice. It's a choice. And you can choose to be lonely and you can choose to face the pain of whatever it is your situation looks like. Or you can choose to say, hey, there, there's a church family that I can get connected to that can rejoice with me when I get the promotion, that can rejoice with me when I get engaged. Every single person should have said amen right there. Come on now. Can rejoice with me when things are good, when I, when I get the, the raise or whatever. When we get pregnant, they're rejoicing because this has been a prayer answered. But when life gets hard, when life gets tough, these same people can mourn with you when you're mourning too. Can I tell you, and this is really vulnerable, especially, you know, kind of being a guy, but, man, sometimes I, I don't need somebody's advice. And I don't need somebody's opinion. I just need to know they're there. Like, I, I just need to know that I'm not, I'm not alone. Anybody with me on that? Okay, I, I, I got to move because we're, we're running out of time. The movie progresses. You got to watch the movie. If, again, if you haven't seen it, I've, I've spoiled all of it for you. But you should watch it. 
Watch it with your kids. It's a powerful movie. Through the movie, Via starts to patch things up with her mom because it's, it's this, you know, mom slash high school daughter, family drama. She and Miranda, they work out their little mean girls issues. Jack, Will, and Augie, they, they mend their, their friendship. And, and now, now there's this, I don't know if it's a field trip or, you know, a, a, like a, a break in the school calendar, but, but a few of the middle schoolers are going off to the woods for a couple of days. They're going to this camp. And at this camp, and you'll see the video, something happens where Augie really steps into his own. I got two more clips to show you, this one and then the final scene, and then we'll dismiss you for the day. So check out this next clip in the movie Wonder. Look at that. What? What are you looking at? I'm going up there someday. Well, I'm going down here right now, so. I got it too now. You go there, I'll go here. Don't look. What do we got here? A couple of losers thinking up the woods. Look at his face. He's a freak. Jesus, I've never seen anything that ugly in my life. <laughs> Maybe it's an orc. Dude, let's go. Go where? Hey, talking to you, Gollum. Just the one master rule them all. My precious. <laughs> hey, what's your problem? Boyfriend's my problem. Hey, leave him alone. What are you gonna do about it? Get out of my way. No. I said get out of my way. I said no. Yo, Jack, what's up, man? What's this, more little freaks? What, you call us hick? Come on, prep boy. Guys, stop! Guys, stop it! Guys, stop! Four yards of the lodge. I think they were seventh graders. They were huge. <laughs> thanks, guys. You totally saved our butts. Yeah, thanks, guys. You know, it was cool how you stood your ground, little dude. You know, I'm not endorsing any kind of violence, but I would like to say, go, Augie, go. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, he had a little karate kick power to him, didn't he? <laughs> you know, in, in that clip, what you see happening is that people started to respect the fact that he would stand up for his friend. And he starts to get the attention of other classmates, and, and then even the bullies recognize that maybe Augie isn't as different as they thought that he was. 
the teachers start to notice, the faculty starts to notice. And, and I could sit here, but I'm going to show you the final clip because I want you to see how this part of Augie's story ends. And, and I want to go ahead and warn you that you may want to grab some tissue because if you haven't cried yet, you're about to cry now. Enjoy the final clip of the movie Wonder. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, graduates, final award this morning is the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to honor students who have been notable or exemplary. Usually, it's a good works, a service award. But I came upon a passage that he wrote which made me realize that good works come in many forms. Greatness, he wrote, lies not in being strong, but in the right using of strength. He or she is the greatest whose strength carries up the most hearts by the attraction of his own. Without further ado, this year, I am very proud to award the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to the student whose quiet strength has carried up the most hearts. So, will August Pullman please come up here to receive this award? up towards that stage, I felt like I was floating. My heart was beating so fast. I didn't really understand why I was getting a medal. It's not like I blew up the Death Star. All I did was get through fifth grade, just like everyone else here. Congratulations. That's for you. Then again, maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe the truth is, I'm really not so ordinary. Maybe if we knew what other people were thinking, we'd know that no one's ordinary. And we all deserve a standing ovation, at least once in our lives. My friends do. My teachers do. My sister does for always being there for me. My dad does for always making us laugh. And my mom does the most for never giving up on anything, especially me. It's like that last preset Mr. Brown gave us. Be kind, for everyone is fighting hard battle. And if you really want to see what people are, all you have to do is look. Come on, can you put your hands together? Love it. Did you catch the last line? To me, it's the most powerful of the entire movie. Be kind. For everyone is fighting a hard battle. And if you, if you really want to see what people are... All you need to do is look, right down your row, right in the next cubicle, right in the next bedroom. Everybody is fighting a hard battle. It reminds me of a story, and I'll read it fast to you, and then we'll be dismissed in Acts chapter 3. If you're familiar to church, you've probably read this before or heard it preached. 
The story is about Peter and John and they were going to the temple to pray at about three o'clock in the afternoon and there was this man that was there that from birth was carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. And every day they would place him at the gate to beg from those going into the temple courts. I mean, that was his primary source of income. On this particular day, in verse number three, the Bible says that when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And here, here's a big part of the point that I want to make. Peter looked straight at him, and so did John. And then Peter said, hey, look at us. And the man gave his attention to them because he was expecting that he was going to get something from them. And then Peter said these famous words, and, and this is where many of you can, can remember this particular story. Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. And the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. How many of you know that there's power in the name of Jesus? Come on. By faith, Peter takes him by the hand and he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And, and, and if you receive this type of miracle, your next response would be just like this, guys. He, he sprang to his feet. He began, he began to walk. He, he went with them into the temple courts. He was walking and jumping and, and praising God. Come on, if you got a miracle like that, how many of you would do the same? Yeah, I'm with you. And watch this, verse 9, and when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized that this is the same guy that used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And watch how the verse ends. Are you ready? And they were filled with wonder. With wonder. And they were amazed at what had happened. Oh, I could sit here for a while, but you're ready to go. Let me just say this. I love this story so much. And yes, I love it because we see God's power on display. And there's something marvelous about the supernatural sovereignty of God that we serve a God that still is in the miracle working business. I love it. But that's not why I love it so much. What I love most about this story is that for the first time, Peter and John saw this man the way that Jesus sees us. They passed him every day, but on this day, they noticed that everybody's fighting a hard battle. And if you want to know what people really are, all you have to do is look. I always end with a question, and this is the question. Am I so focused on my own battle and my own mess and my own pain and my own hurt and my own sickness, my own marital stuff, my own financial stuff, my own whatever. Am I so focused on my own battle that I don't even notice that other people are fighting a hard battle too? This church pain is everywhere. Hurt is everywhere. Don't miss being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to someone that just needs to be noticed.